Thanks for coming back to another episode of Spark Connections. If you haven't figured it out by now, I am still your host, Stefan, here inviting really awesome individuals from my tech Twitter family, that's really what they are at this point, to come onto the show, talk about their experiences, talk about just all the randomness, just a little, expand it a little bit more from just talking about you know backgrounds and things that they're getting into and started talking about some of the things that impact our daily lives and experience that, that we had with products and merchants, vendors, all sorts of cool things like that. So we're here again, another episode looking to unpack, looking to unfold, looking to discuss. This week, I have Janine here. We met on Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling at this point um, to remember how I met anyone on Twitter because it's 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 I met all of you like the majority of you like via the pandemic so at this point it's just like I've known all of you for a year and or 25 years whichever one whichever one we really fall on so yeah I don't even remember how we met but Janine I am so glad you're here and I'm so glad you're on today thank you so much for having me how did we meet now I actually I don't really remember. I, I tried to look back before the before today and I just I like looked through a bunch of tweets and looked through some conversations we had, but I genuinely have no idea. Um, I'm pretty sure we connected through uh, a previous guest of yours, Ro. Um, and then I think we kind of connected through craft beer, um, just talking about craft beer and puzzles. <laughs> that sounds about right. I know I know way too many people through Row. Uh, yeah, I know way too many people through Row. And anyone who says that I met them through craft beer, I just assume they're telling the truth because I talk about craft beer a lot. And puzzles, yes, that's right. You had, I think it was a, a moon puzzle you were doing. Is that right? Yeah, so it was uh, that, it was a thousand piece moon puzzle that... I think took my sister and I like nearly a week to finish. And by the time we finished it, we discovered we were missing one piece. I think at that point, you just have to like, at that point, I think I would like reach out to the puzzle maker and just demand that specific piece be sent to me. (laughs) Like I'm not paying for this. I want this piece so I can finish this puzzle because you are definitely going to give me this. I have worked hard for it. It was uh, heartbreaking and hilarious all at the same time. So um, I bought my sister. My sister decided that she wanted to do puzzles. Um, and so she for her birthday, she asked for a couple of puzzles. So I bought her some. And what's really funny is so she started working on the, the one puzzle. And I think like two or three days in, she's like, all these pieces are the same. There is no way this puzzle is actually solvable because they're all the same pieces. And I'm like, they're not. <laughs> they just all look like it a lot. And I think hers is only 500 pieces, but it's still a lot to do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And then, of course, uh, I don't know, there's gradient puzzles and puzzles that are shapes and all one color. Like, there's so many different kinds now. I think um, on April Fool's Day, I I think it was Atlassian, um, Someone who uses the color blue made a joke about, uh, made a puzzle that was all one color. It was all blue. Um, 
it was all one shade of blue. And I think it was a thousand puzzle pieces. And the day before, uh, I'm not sure if you've used um, the Azure the Azure portal for Microsoft, but it is honestly very cryptic and you do need at least a PhD to figure it out um, because it is impossible to navigate. And that is a shameless complaint about the Azure portal. And so a manager and I were working on it and we you know, figured it out just thanks to you know, snooping around and some experience on both of our sides. And someone made a joke that like that, that puzzle is basically the Azure portal experience. Um, and we were going to buy it as a joke and send it to the one manager, but we did find out that it was, you know, not a real puzzle. Both of those sound like my absolute nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah, it probably, I think it would be a lot of people's nightmare. I think it would be a lot of people's nightmare. People who get Azure certified, I'm just like, you are, uh, which I actually am, so I don't know why I'm saying it like I'm not. But like people who, people who do that, I'm like, you are a trooper because that portal is like, it is a slight maze and they move stuff and change stuff. And there's like role permissions and all this fun stuff all the time. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting place to always dive into now. So now we're going to talk about my favorite topic, um, beer, because I don't think it would be a conversation with you without talking about craft beer. So I have, I don't know too many, um, actual Canadian breweries, but I do know a number of ones in, uh, in New York, so I'm hoping that there's something that you and I will catch today and talk about that you had that lives here and or is at least made here in stateside and something that you've had. I know I've had a couple of Canadian crafts, so we'll see we'll see if we're able to match up through any of our conversation. For sure. <laughs> so I um first things first, I don't know how much so Southern Tier, it's about, I don't know, an hour, and it's about an hour south of, of where uh, where I'm located in, in Buffalo. Uh, so maybe about two, an hour and a half, two hours south of Niagara Falls. Um, from your perspective, I know, they, I know they send a lot over the border. I'm not sure if you've had that before. They actually um, no longer distribute in Canada, but yes, I have had Southern Tier. Um, oh, that they hurts. are definitely like one of my favorite breweries in the States. And uh, yeah, I've been to their brew house in uh, Lakewood. Yeah, they're delicious. Uh, here's what I'll do. I'll just leave it for you at the border. I'll just leave it like on a little like on a little cart and then you just walk by, you pick it up. We just don't make eye contact. I got you. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think another... I didn't know they didn't distribute in Canada anymore. That's super uh, sad. They're yeah, real... they, I think um, they stopped in about 2011 or so. Really? Yeah. And definitely since then, like, they've expanded in the States quite a bit. Um, but, yeah, I I have had – they have um, collabed with uh, a brewery just – uh, near Niagara Falls called the uh, Oast House Brewing. And I have had yes. one of those beers in at a pub here. Um, but otherwise I it hasn't I haven't seen it here at all. So I've just had to enjoy it anytime I've uh, gone to the States. There is a um, there's another brewery that I'm actually a really big fan of that I've I've seen in Canada. I've never tried it um I've never tried it there. Um, that's on the state side, Almond Gang, um, which 
they're spe- as far as I'm concerned, the beers that they make um, that are specialties are their Belgian are their Belgian ales. Um, their amber beers are just so great. Um, usually they do like a, a fruit infusion with them. Um, so they're like really good on flavor and they're not too, they're not too heavy. They're not like a very solid, like thick wheat, wheat beer. That's like almost a meal when you drink it. Um, I've seen them in Canada a couple of times, but I don't, I don't remember even where. I haven't heard of them, but uh, you know, a brewery can do a really good like Belgian ale and some of that, those fruit infusions. Like that sounds delicious. How do you feel about a good IPA? Um, Sometimes I have mixed feelings. Uh, there's definitely a lot of different styles of uh, IPA. I'm, I'm definitely more into the session IPAs and just kind of like the lighter um, citrusy ones instead of the uh, kind of pine IPAs. I guess that's New England style. Yeah, yeah. I so I don't know. I have mixed feelings because like I will definitely pick up like a like a two times like a double IPA from the majority of um, breweries. I think my struggle is is like there's usually it's either you know super heavy on citrus, which sometimes drowns out the other flavors, um, and almost leaves it like a little bit tart and sour in your mouth. Um, or the other issue that I see is that like they they pull back on the citrus and instead just go like really really heavy in on the fruit um which almost which like the sugar in fruit just almost makes it a little too uh like it increases the viscosity of it a little bit so it almost makes it like a little too like sappy i guess is the word i'll use and like i don't like that either okay yeah i i definitely hear that sometimes um i think that style really just exploded and uh, so many breweries were trying to like, oh, we got to make it different. Um, so, you know, I think it, it ends up being just a little bit too much. Meanwhile, I really appreciate breweries that can kind of scale back to the basics and just kind of get in touch with like the more classic styles. My um, personal favorite, I can drink just about... So I can drink just about any Irish red. Um, those are usually very smooth. And then I, uh, usually I'm, I'm pretty good about parallels because um, you can't really, I, I'm saying this with like an asterisk next to it. Most people <laughs> cannot really, cannot really mess up a, like a good pal al, right? Like it's, it's a pretty, the, the recipe for it's actually pretty simple. So I would I like to believe that you can't mess that up. I'm definitely more inclined towards a good pale ale for sure. Now, New Belgium, which I know is in Canada, makes a beer called Fat Tire, um, and Fat Tire is delicious, and I could drink that every day of the week. I don't because it's like a very, it's a Bel- it's a Belgian style amber beer. All the calories are there, but it's so delicious. Yes, I've, I've and, definitely had Fat Tire. Um, it, it is delicious, but it's not something that you can just crush on a hot summer day. You've got to kind of savor it. It's, it's definitely good with a, with a meal. Um, it's, it's not one of those really easy drinking beers. 
So I think what you say is you shouldn't crush it on a hot summer day because <laughs> I might have done that once or a lot. Um, and you're I right. You definitely pay tried. <laughs> you pay for it. You definitely pay for it. Like the like after a while, you like go to get up and you're like, wow, I um, I can't move. <laughs> I can't move. <laughs> yeah, I always have a nice supply of fat tire in the house, at least a six pack at a minimum. Um, because it's interesting. So the eight, the places that sell eighteen packs here, the prices vary. So I have to like play this little game of like who has it the cheapest this time. I'm trying to buy it, so usually I just buy the six packs. Um, but they make a really nice. Uh, they make a really they're that. So, so Fat Tire is really great, and they make a really nice um, IPA. They're Voodoo Ranger, which I don't know if you've tried that before. I have um, not tried that. So I'm going to give you my opinion of the Voodoo Ranger. <laughs> it is, I think one of them is great, and then like something in between the cleanser palette, and then another one. That's kind of the way that I felt you had to drink it. I tried to kick back a couple... Um, like back to back to back. And I think like the flavor of the beer just compounded. And I, like, I got to a point to where like everything I, so I was also eating, I was at a barbecue um, and uh, everything that I was eating just tasted like sour. Um, And I did not enjoy that experience. Right. Yeah. Sometimes uh, definitely if you're drinking like IPAs, you have to be careful what uh you're drinking before it because it can definitely and also what you're eating because it can definitely change the um the taste like I think again that's why I say like IPAs is definitely uh uh hard to explain like you have to have like be in the right like environment in all ways to have it Yeah, I think I I definitely agree with you there. I think an IPA is definitely one of those things where it's like, if you're going to, if you're going to drink one, go for it. But if you're going to go for it, like, just be, just beware, just beware of some other things that come along with an IPA. Um, Because like you said, the flavor, like the flavor palette of that is so diverse because so many people tried to do everything with it Mm -hmm. instead of just keeping it simple. Like I think um, Southern Tier has a really good simple IPA. Their India Pale Al is just very, very simple. Their two times is even better. Um, there is a brewery here in Buffalo um, called Community Beer Works. Yes, Community Beer Works, um, CBW. They make a uh, uh, IPA called Cannon Call, and that is a double IPA, and it is also very simple, very good, amazing. Um, so any of those, like, like you said, those kind of like basic, simple, like really, I guess, rooty flavors, like, like rudimentary flavors are, are, are really what like make the experience of enjoying a craft that much better rather than like, and I mean, you have to experiment to find good things. Right. But you don't want to, yeah. like, I think some people kind of take it a little bit too far. Yeah. But, um, but just in the midst of all that experimentation, just getting back to what it, um, getting back to like the original recipes and that's what I really appreciate. Yeah, you and me both, you and me both. 
Well, I mean, we we talked about beer, and now I'm sure you know. <laughs> I'm hoping that someone here has enjoyed this conversation. That someone who's listening is like, this is what I came on here for: technology and beer. Because it's not all about that, right? Like we're humans too. Besides the right. fact that we like code and write like websites, we also enjoy things. I don't know anyone who just. I mean, actually, no, that's a lie. I do know people, but they're they're <laughs> not they're not like the rest of us. <laughs> but like, <laughs> we do other things besides just coding all day long. Yes, um, I can assure you, there there are people that. <laughs> We're here for it, for the, for the beer conversation. <laughs> so I do want to dig just a tiny bit into, and we, and we can do as much or as little as you want to, of, uh, so, you know, getting into technology, right? So um, you're a front-end web developer. I know that. Yes. You are doing design work, too, which we talked about a little bit today, which I'm super stoked to hear about. Um, I just recently decided that, like, hey, I need to understand and know design a little bit better. Um, also, someone, maybe, a, you know, certain friend named Kat might have said that I might, you know, not care about design as much as I should. So I wanted to learn a little bit more about it. I started doing some research and playing around with a tool called Figma. So um, yeah, I know we chatted about that and we can get to that later, but I wanted to give you a chance to talk about your experience and just kind of like, you know, walk through that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I definitely did not uh, start out my education educational journey in tech at all. Um, when I was in high school, I was really into uh, art and many people thought I would go to like university or for art or go to like an art school. Um, however, I ended up going to college for fitness and health promotion. Um, and I absolutely loved it. Um, fitness is still a really big passion of mine. Um, and after I graduated uh, from college, and that was back in 2009, um, that was actually also the year I moved to Toronto. And I kept thinking, of course, like looking for a job. And during that time, it was uh, like the recession like the 2008, 2009 recession, it was tough. Um, I was like looking for jobs at gyms or, and even where I had my internship, um, I absolutely loved it. It was a all women's gym and um, I just like loved working with the clients there, but they couldn't hire me in the end because they were actually going out of business. They couldn't stay in business any longer. Um, so definitely I thought moving to Toronto, I would have a lot more kind of opportunity. Um, definitely had a lot of interviews. Um, and I ended up, uh, working for a, a pretty large supermarket downtown Toronto. Um, and I had that job for over a decade. Um, and I worked like a lot of departments there. Um, my final department that I worked there was, uh, they actually had a bar right in the grocery store. Um, so I was a server and, 
uh, bartender there. And that's also how I like furthered my beer education and got became a certified craft beer enthusiast. Um, but also like while I was working there, I kept thinking about uh, like what, what else do I want to do? And I was, I was also very passionate about like mental health and psychology and helping people. So I decided to um, enroll at Ryerson University here in Toronto and um, I graduated from their mental health and addiction program. And that was kind of in the hopes to do peer support and um, kind of help counsel people that way and help anyone going through any struggles. Um, that didn't really end up panning out for me, but I have continuously been able to like use that education and just kind of like my own life experience uh, to like help anyone and be an inspiration to people. Um, so, and my mom has always told me that no education is ever wasted. Uh, so I definitely like take that to heart. And, and then of course the, as we all know, the pandemic happened and the little bar that I worked at was um, kind of like shut down right away. And, and I ended up taking a leave of absence uh, from work. And of course, then I was at home. I didn't really have anything to do. I had my laptop and I was wondering, okay, I have my laptop and is there, I really wanna kinda make use of this time that I have. I don't know how much time I have. Um, I just kinda wanna occupy myself. And so I was kind of frantic looking up any type of like workshop online that I could do or talk or anything that I could attend, a free course, a webinar. Um, so I kind of signed up for anything that I could and this ranged from nutrition coaching. Um, there was a few coding workshops that I attended. Um, there was UX design, social media management, even an Excel workshop, uh, which was pretty interesting. Um, so that kind of got me thinking like, okay, like I've always, I've heard about coding. I've always seen it in ads for children's coding workshops. And I've always kind of wondered like, I wonder what they do or like, oh, I kind of wish they kind of, they opened that up to adults. Cause I'd love to, I'd love to learn that too. Um, so I ended up taking part in just like a few, just one or two hour quick HTML, CSS, make something in um, code pen workshops. And it definitely uh, piqued my interest. Um, and then while I was looking for more courses to do, I came across a uh, learning platform called SheCodes. So I took their workshop and 
learned about the founder. Um, and what really attracted me to She Codes was the fact that it was founded by a man named Matt. And he spent his whole career in, in tech and working for like pretty big industry companies. And he realized during that time that there was a huge gender, uh, gender gap in tech and he wanted to support more women, more women's journey there. And I'm all about that. I, I signed up right away. <laughs> um, so like, and that was last June. So uh, it was officially like June of 2020 when I wrote my first Hello World. Wow. So I, a couple of things to like kind of go back through and like circle there. Um, first, like, whew, let's, let's, let's take a couple yeah. steps back. So first, like I, I definitely, um, I can definitely like understand, I can definitely appreciate like going to school for something and then like not doing what you went to school for. Um, like you and I talked about, I have some background in psychology, um, mm-hmm. did some work there and, and, you know, that field is, is a lot. It's, it's, it's a lot. Like it, it can be um, a lot of emotional investment. It can be a lot of like taxing conversations. Um, it's, it's a lot. And, and for those who are able to survive that and or able to successfully work in that, I have nothing but respect for um, just cause I tried it and it just, it just was not like, it was not at all for me. Absolutely. Um, so then I kind of <laughs> like, I think just taking like, just, jumping and like skipping forward a little bit um first of all i am slightly jealous that you are a beer certified enthusiast because i am not um so i know what i'm going to be looking into after we get off this call uh (laughs) because i just i love i love and my love for beer started like very much accidentally where i was um i was always those people who like um you know, I, if beer was there and it was the only thing to drink, it is what I would go to. But if there were other options, I would choose that. And um, I was hanging out with a with a, a, a guy at a job at the startup that I actually worked at who made his own beer. And I remember, like, he would bring batches in for people to try, and he wanted feedback, and I would never try any. And finally, uh, I think it was like very late one Friday, we were staying, fixing something that was broken. And the beer keg that we had in the kitchen was out and his beer was the only thing to drink. And I was like, okay, it's the only thing here. I have to like, I have to do this. And I tried it and immediately was like, what have I been doing my entire life? <laughs> and after that, like we, I started checking out with a lot of local breweries around here and digging into them. So I can definitely appreciate that so much. Um, I did not realize that you started coding in June of June of last year. That's so like, that's such a short time for all the accomplishments that you've made up to this point. Um, you could have totally convinced me that you've been coding for years. You're like just your skill level and what I've seen you work on the things that you've described and talked about um, would have never, like I would have never believed that you, that you've been coding since June. Um, that's really awesome. And that's just a testament to, to one, the she codes program, uh, which is just an amazing program. I follow them. I believe they have a, I believe they have a Twitter, which I believe I follow because of you, um, if I'm not mistaken. And I've just I've seen other people who have talked about that program, and it is 
I've seen nothing but just amazing things out of it. Um, so it's it's really good. It just shows one the value of that program, but then two, like just another person who's who's just doing something amazing out of it. Yeah, thank you so much. That's uh, that's definitely a huge compliment. Um, and to be. I actually wasn't aware that coding boot camps or anything like that existed when I was starting to learn. Um, so I, uh, but like she codes just their whole like mission and um, what they were trying to accomplish. Just like, it just like really spoke to me being like a woman in tech. And of course um, I want to empower other women um, also stepping into tech as well. Um, and I've had a lot of people ask me um, about that program. And I really, I have nothing but good things to say. Uh, it's definitely, uh, it, it definitely made me like a lot more confident, but of course there's, it is truly a never ending journey, which is also why I was so attracted to just the tech industry, because I have always considered myself a lifelong learner. Like I love learning, um, whether it's to like better others, better myself. Um, so when I realized that it's just going to be an ever growing industry, I'm like, I can, I can see myself there. Like I truly visualized myself in technology. I think um, that's so one that's one of the things that also attracted me to technology, but I think that's what's held me in it for so long is that there are just so many different paths to take. Um, you can, you know, from front end to back end to all the frameworks to you can actually just like zero in on mm -hmm. just building, you know, something like APIs or I just build out, um, you know, maybe design, design wireframes um, or story models. There are just so many different paths to take and there are so many just valid ways to get to the same destination. And I think that's what I value so much that, um you know, I, I, I struggled and this is total, just vulnerable moment. I've been having a lot of these lately, but I'm just going to share another one here. I am terrible at math, terrible at it, not good at it at all. Um, yet I'm a, I'm a successful software developer. I'm a successful software engineer who writes code on a regular basis being bad at math. Um, and, and one of the things that I think I struggle with with math is that there is a weight, there is an answer. There is one answer and you will only ever get that answer for the, in, for the inputs that are given, um, you know, which is you know, somewhat you know, essentially what, what, you know, uh, uh, functional programming is built on, but that's a different conversation for another time. But, um, I think what's so nice about coding is that you can say, I want this and there are figuratively, you know, hundreds of ways that you can get to that same conclusion and some may be better than others of course um but there are just so many ways that you can get to that conclusion and they're all valid ways to get there yes yes i agree and i feel like i've barely even scratched the surface of the possibilities that are that are out there so i um 
I shared with you, I just started like really digging into and taking seriously um, like front end work and I'm really enjoying it. I started playing around with CSS and that has been um, all the things that people said about how challenging it is. Um, they're real for everyone who <laughs> thinking they're not, they're real. Um, I have said some very hurtful things to my computer today. I'm glad it decided to show up here with me because it is, I have hurt its feelings very many times today and it's, you know, maybe something I mistyped or, you know, something I tried to do that I just, you know, maybe that'd have been a little more advanced than me um, at this time, but I've enjoyed that experience and enjoyed uh, what that experience turns into and realizing, well, I, I think that's the other thing um, I like to create and I, I'm, but I'm bad at drawing. So this gives me an outlet to be able to create something and I don't have to be good at necessarily drawing. Like if you saw me draw anything, it is a very, very like anamorphed stick figure who is in pain and dying. <laughs> um, That's definitely a very niche style. <laughs> like I just can't draw anything um, to save my life. But if you give me an application... <laughs> I can create, or if you give me some code, I can create art. <laughs> what would you like? Um, and I think that's one of the things I've really enjoyed about front end work is now I'm like that creative where I've always kind of like my entire life said, I'm really bad at drawing. I'm really bad at creating. No, I'm not. I'm actually really good at creating, just not in that manner. Yeah, it definitely, um, I think, because I'm definitely not good at math either. And that's, we all know that's one of the biggest um, uh, kind of lies that we all tell ourselves, like, oh, you need to be good at math to be a developer, but uh, you don't. I have, I have um, spent my time in written applications that do tons of mathematical equations. Being someone who, like, struggles with like can I do you know calculations in my head absolutely but like for example I don't know um this is something that I I struggle I struggled with I struggle and still struggle with the way that schools teach them but if you put it into a coding context I can absolutely I, I get them so um geometry and proofs I cannot do school proofs to save my life give me a coding proof and I will show you something amazing, right? Because we think about that stuff a lot as we're um, coding through our solutions. So control flow logic is a great example to prove that something um, is or isn't, right? Because it's, it's just Booleans. It's just yes, no, and then just some logic to do a thing. Um, and that is quite possible. Like those are, I don't even want to say easy, but those are just something that I think we use so often in our, our, our I don't know, a, a piece of code or an application that I've picked up that doesn't have that in it um, yet we don't ever see those like comparisons drawn when you're being educated on proofs. But then when you get into coding, it's like, wait a minute, this is, this is the extent of the proof that I had to learn <laughs> this. I can do this all day. <laughs> yeah. It's surprisingly logical. <laughs> it's almost like they're making it significantly harder in schools than it is for the work you actually have to do. Who would have thought? I agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um I, I you know admittedly um like i said we talked about design 
um, some of the design work that you're doing and some of the stuff that you're playing around with in that. And you mentioned Figma, which is something I was introduced to at my current um, job. The, the designers there use it um, for our, you know, to design the, the stories that we're going to, you know, the stories and the progression we're going to make for our product. Um, can we, you, are you open to talking about that just a little bit and your experience with it so far? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've actually just uh, started kind of deep diving into Figma in the last like couple weeks. Uh, previously, I've just used it for the super basic wireframes. Um, but uh, now, or like what I've been focusing on is just um, design fundamentals using Figma. Um, so doing like visual hierarchy and like font and placement and um, line spacing and things like that. Um, what I was working on today was like with uh, cropping. So like cropping photos, doing extreme close-ups or, um, or like a soft crop where it kind of fades into white. So you can have the copy on one side and an image on the other, and it's just kind of seamless. Um, and like, it's, it's definitely been like uh, really interesting because there's so much, like this can all go back to psychology. Um, there's so much psychology that goes into design, like the emotion that, the fonts or the colors or like a extreme close-up on a face like the emotion that that portrays and does it go along with the story that we want to tell with the application um so it's definitely been uh interesting there's a lot i still have to learn but i'm loving it so far and the things that i've seen people do with it like it's definitely inspiring because I'm like, I know that I can create that too. I'm just not there yet, but I will be. So, it, so like I said, so I think I, I don't know if I said this yet, but like I um, said earlier, I think maybe like I said earlier, um, I, I recently just started digging into design work quite a bit. Mm -hmm. And um, I started reading some books about design and they're psychology books. So I'll, I'll make sure to, um, kind of send those recommendations to you after. Um, but one of the things I like the most about, about, um, you know, kind of doing design work and working on, um, working on design projects is the fact that, um, at least the ones that I've done so far is the fact that like these, so I, I look back to when, you know, the first thing, the first time I was introduced to design, it was on an Adobe product and you had to know all these things and have to understand all this stuff in order to make something that looked good. And now I think of two of like Figma um, and I think of other like two, um, I don't know if you've learned, um, oh God, now it's escaping me the moment I wanted to use it. Um, oh man. Lost it just that quick. It'll come back to me. Um, oh, Lucid uh, tool like Lucid Chart um, or a tool, um, any other tools like that, um, where it's like these load and no code tools that allow you to achieve the exact same purpose. And it's just amazing that how like there's a tool that was built in code that's helping us design a story to build another tool that's 
going to use code. <laughs> it's, it's really cool when you think about it. Yeah, so Figma is actually the only um, design platform I've used. But, um, and it's not uh, officially no code. You do still have to translate uh, your design back into your uh, code editor. Yeah. But it, it makes it so easy. Everything's written out for you, including like the font size, the font weight, the colors. You can export your photos and your photo edits. You can you can do all that. So um, it just makes it simple. Yeah, I think moving, like bringing your project to life becomes so much quicker and 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 real and it takes away from the guesswork um i can't tell you like as i've been you know doing more um front end work how much time i've spent like playing around with fonts to see like is this the right font that i like is this the right you know font size is the right weight is this the right line thickness um do i you know do i need to crop more off of this do i need to add more to this photo do i need to actually just get rid of this photo off is it resized the correct way i think it takes all that guesswork out and instead you do it all in the tool. And then, like you said, you, you translate it back into your um, into your code solution, your coding platform, but it takes all that guesswork out. So it speeds up the delivery. So if I, um, you just launched your, uh, you just launched your uh, portfolio, which looks amazing. Thank you. Just going to plug for you there. Like any updates you want to make to that turn into something that rather it being, you know, a couple of days or, you know, an entire day of you trying to figure out what does this, what is this going to look like? It turns into using a tool like, like Figma, putting everything in there and getting your output. And then next thing you know, Hey, I updated my portfolio in an hour. Um, so now I have those hours back to do something else. Yes, exactly. Um, and of course I think, like we've all had that experience of where we've literally had to design as we go in CSS. Uh, and it is, can be definitely like painstaking. <laughs> um, so to see it all like laid out for you and to just make those simple tweaks and adjust simple things like the border radius or yeah, like you said, line heights, colors, um, you can just do it right there. Yeah, it's been, I, I enjoy, I, I enjoy technology and I enjoy seeing the evolution of technology as we kind of dig into um, what it's going to do for us moving forward and how easy it makes some of our experiences and allows for us to grow and, and embrace some of the things that we want to do um, and allows us to embrace our creativity without necessarily needing all the things that we're, you know, been prescribed to have needed for all this time. Um, to to be successful at software development. So, I, but I think it also, you know, is a testament to just all those who have come in software development before us to enable this now. Um, so really grateful for, really grateful for their experience and what they've been able to do for us as well. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So we are coming up on time. I'm sure you and I could talk about this stuff probably all evening. Um but I don't know that anyone would want to listen to an episode that long. Or maybe there's someone <laughs> out there who would. I don't know. But um, what I want to do is give you an opportunity, should you choose, to tell everyone where they can find you at. Um, and then we'll just kind of wrap this thing on up here. Uh, yes. Uh, so you can connect with me on Twitter at Code with Janine. Um, you can find my portfolio at JanineMarsh.dev. 
and I have a bunch of links where you can find me on there. And you can also connect with me on LinkedIn at linkedin.com slash Janine Marsh. Thank you so much for sharing. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Um, Janine, I really appreciate you coming on the episode and talking through beer and tech experience. This has been really great. So I appreciate you so much. Uh, again, thank you so much for having me. And this has been a blast. I'm, it really has been. I'm really enjoying doing a podcast. I, for so long, I think, like I shared with you, I just, I just put it off and I'm so glad that we're here doing it now. So looking forward to, looking forward to sharing this out with everyone and catch you guys on the next episode.